You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Whilst you're still standing, be kind to turn together with me into Romans 8, 17, 19. Romans 8, 17, 18, 19. Let's read together two, three verses. One, two, three, go. And if we are his children, let's read loud and clearly. Then we are his hearers also, hearers of God and fellow hearers with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we are to share his glory. But what of that? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this present life, are not worth being compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us and for us and conferred on us for even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their sonship. For an assignment this morning, Growing Up Sons, part number five, or subtitle, Kingdom Principles for Making Christ-Like Disciples. Part number five of the ongoing series of Growing Up Sons. Shall we bow our heads as we entreat our loving Father in a brief word of prayer. Our Father and our God, it is truly unto you that we are gathered today. In this room, but also joining us are people across the nations gathered at your feet to be taught by you, Jesus. Rabboni, you're the teacher of teachers. I beseech you to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven, anoint the lips and the tongues of clay of this seven son of yours, that today I will come to your people with nothing but a word from the throne of grace. And thus saith the Lord, help me to go beyond my study, contemplation, and memory, and help me speak your word today. We vows always to give you the praise as you edify your church, the saints, and terrify devils, and you also bring glory to your name. We thank you, our Father, in advance. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. All right, you may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Hallelujah. Praise God. I would like to believe that you have been a part of the ongoing series for the past few weeks. It's not always that we uh, exceed a particular series in one month. Um, oftentimes when the Lord says so, but oftentimes also when there's so much to yet again delve into before the month is over. We simply carry on to the next season to ensure that ultimately we all grasp what it is that God is bringing our way as his people. It's important to rehash that the business of discipleship, really, really, it's all about a child of God 
growing from being born from cradle to the place of maturity, the place of sonship, without which God cannot really entrust you at one hand and also trust you with weight of glory, weight of authority, and weight of responsibility. Uh, that is why when you are a child, biologically speaking, there's so much your father can bequeath to you by way of inheritance because number one, you will not appreciate it, you will not value it, and you can misuse or abuse it. Uh, I don't care how blessed you are as a father of a child. It's irresponsible of any father. There's a ring here. It's irresponsible of any father to give a 10-year-old child your car of any kind whatsoever. Praise the Lord. So even if you, are, you have what it takes to give it to your child, you will naturally wait for your child to grow up to maturity to the point where your child can value the vehicle and then can enjoy the vehicle. I had the honor to teach my first son and the second son, by the way, how to drive. And one of the things I told him about driving is a car is designed to be a useful tool, supposed to be a vessel, to be a blessing. But sadly, if a car is abused and misused, it can end up being destructive and lead to your early grave, a vehicle designed to be a blessing but if you don't use the car properly it can become a tool of destruction an early grave can become your coffin so as blessed as a vehicle is we all want to have cars to help our movement from point a to point b but if we abuse which is a combination of abnormal and usage abuse the vehicle the vehicle will become destructive so likewise your loving father in heaven knows what it is for you to grow up to sonship and until you grow up to sonship there's certain things he won't place in your hand by way of rulership by way of authority and etc and etc hallelujah praise the lord somebody now we left up at the point where we saw there are four cardinal indications of spiritual growth we are on the fourth one now but i'll rehash the first three number one you can tell whether you are a child or you are becoming a son or you're maturing based on your degree of transformation into christ likeness to what degree you're becoming more like jesus in your character when we think about Jesus, we first think about the miracles, the signs and wonders. That is true. But in addition to all we saw him doing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he was a person of character. Praise God. Number two, we can tell where you are on the scale of growth and maturity by just simply knowing the degree of intimacy you enjoy with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has a particular environment that he likes to be in. Yeah, he has secrets. He makes available to those who love him, those who seek him. Proverbs 8, I think it's 17, says that those that love the Lord will find him early. So likewise, the Holy Spirit uh, enjoys certain kinds of company or companion. It was said concerning Enoch uh, that God walked with, or Enoch walked with God and then what did he hear next? And God took him and he was no more. <laughs> what I see is that God was walking with this man called Enoch and they were in an ongoing conversation and I wonder, I think God enjoyed the conversation so much that as God was leaving the earth and Enoch, let us go and continue this conversation beyond time into eternity. That is what it means to enjoy intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Number three, 
We learned also that the degree of the development of the fruit of the spirit is very important to know where you are on the scale between being a child of God to becoming a son of God. But we are number four and we saw that how a person handles the adversities of life is a very clear indication as to whether he or she is mature or is maturing. Baba declares in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, for our light affliction, this Apostle Paul, and the things that Apostle Paul calls very light, <laughs> they're not quite light. But you see, in comparison to the weight of glory, the things Apostle Paul said he was going through, uh, they, they had nothing compared to the glory ahead of him. So for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Ah, yeah, yeah. While we look not at the things which are seen, that means the things you see with your physical eyes, but the things which are not seen, not seen with the physical eyes, but you can see with the eye of faith or with the eye of your spirit. It says, for the things which are seen with these eyes, they are temporal, Temporal means short-lived. They're time-bound. But the things we don't see with the physical eyes, but we see with the eyes of faith or the eyes of the spirit, they're not time-bound. They're eternal. So I want to encourage you this day that whatever you're going through right now is temporal, is changeable, and as a matter of fact, it is changing. The delays you're going through will not last forever. <laughs> the closed doors that seem to have slammed against you on the job concerning your marital destiny, it won't last forever. <laughs> they are time bound. Somebody shout a big amen. Pablo declares, weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know about you, but I prophesy over you uh, that your morning is about to break. Your night is about to give way and your morning is about to break. Where they said no way, as your night gives way to morning, they're going to say yes way. Those who mocked at you, Sarah, those who laughed at you, Sarah, they're coming back in a hurry they are coming back to celebrate you. Your naysayers, your mockers, those who rejected you, refused you, refuted you, denied you opportunities, guess what? They are going to come back and say we are sorry. We see the good hand of God upon your life. Somebody said yes I believe. If you don't believe me, ask a boy called Joseph. <laughs> a young boy that had a dream from God, but his brothers were jealous because of the coat of many colors upon his life. I want to tell you something. There is something about the favor of God. When the favor of God comes upon a man, yeah, 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 yeah. It will make you stand out from your crowd. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, what tracks of life you were born, how you were born, where you were born, when you were born. But just let the favor of God kiss you a little bit. Let the perfume, the 
savour and the fragrance of the favor of God come upon your marriage, upon your home, everything is going to change. Listen to me. People have been struggling because they don't know how to walk, how to activate the oil of the mantle of favor. But by God's grace, in the next few minutes, I will show you from the word that the favor of God can be activated. The favor of God can be steered up. And when it's steered up, guess what? You'll be the delight of the city. You'll be the toast of your boss. You'll be the toast of your clan and your village. Why? Somebody shall favor. So you see, the things you're going through are temporal. They're short-lived. The Bible declares in Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to the purpose of God, according to his own purpose. Will you declare with me that it is working together for my good? I didn't quite hear you. It is working together for my good. I don't know what it is for you, but think about the most difficult situation and circumstances you've been through in the year 2020 and say, it is working together for my good. Think about COVID-19 that hit the nations in this year and say, even it is working together for my good. Think about the 11 inch that your fiancé of you know that kicked you out and said no to you some years ago your heart is still hurting and palpitating with pain even that it is working together you know what God oftentimes removes the first so he can he can establish the second I'm prophesying now listen Ishmael came first but Ishmael is not the real deal I prophesy to somebody who has been going through pain because you are rejected. That was Ishmael. Guess what? Isaac is on the way. Shout it! He's working together for my good. <laughs> you see, a prophetic ministry like this, the Lord knows how to open your file and open your matter in heaven and, and begin to deal with it. That was somebody's matter now. A relationship. Somebody's matter was dealt with there now. Praise God. Shout it! He's working together for my good. Apostle Peter mentioned in 1 Peter 4 verse 1. Help me Lord, I need to go far today. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. As much as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, we're to arm ourselves with this mind. Look at what the NLT says. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had. Underscore the word attitude. Attitude. That this is turning for my testimony, attitude, and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. 
verse 12 of the same first peter 4 12 dear friends this is nlt new living translation dear friends don't be surprised at the fury trials not just trials fury means fire fury trials you are going you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. What? What's going on here? Yes, sir. Amen. But it says, don't be alarmed. Don't be put up. Don't be surprised at the fear and trial you're going through. But instead of being surprised, hey, rejoice. Said, be very glad. Don't be mad. Be glad. For these trials, listen carefully, make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Partner with Christ in his suffering. So that you, you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory ah, yeah, yeah, when it is revealed to all the world. You know, sometimes you wish you can remove some things in the Bible, pick and choose. And I, 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 I can tell when I preach on some particular topics and matters, some are saying, man of God, fast forward or rewind. Just leave that part. Our responsibility by God's grace is to preach the entire counsel of God's word. You see, if all you're looking for as a believer is all you want to hear, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. What you should want to hear is what the word is saying. The whole counsel of God. Praise God. And right here, Apostle Peter begins to tell us about suffering, about trials, that when it comes your way as a believer, don't be perturbed, don't panic as though some strange thing came upon you, but rather be glad and rejoice. Tell us somebody, why should I be glad? James 1.12 God blesses those who patiently endure testing. Is that in your Bible? Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. First, sorry, James 1, 12, NLT. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone i recollect last sunday i tried to distinguish between a test and a temptation if you recollect and recall and i said to you that the devil is called a tempter and one of his missions is to tempt he came in the garden of eden to tempt adam and eve he's a tempter and what temptation is all about is the desire of Satan to create situations and circumstances that are targeted to reveal or to expose your weakness. Uh, but on the contrary, what a test is, is God setting an examination, not for the intention or desire to reveal your weakness, but on the contrary, with the intention to reveal your strength. In other words, he really, really wants to promote you. He wants to move you to the next level, but he, he knows that without passing a test, you will not be able to go to the next level. So I put it this way, examinations of life precedes promotions. 
You want a promotion. You don't want an examination. They don't work together. So he tests you so that he can ultimately promote you. Praise the Lord, somebody. What test could you be going through right now and you're pulling your hair out and saying, how long will I go through this situation? The truth is, the earlier you brace yourself up and go through the test, you may be going around the mountain over and over and over and over again. And they had come out of the wilderness in Deuteronomy 1. And God said to them, hey guys, you've been around this mountain for too long. It is time to begin to go into the land of promise and take what I reserve for you. So could it be you've been around particular mountains for too long? This particular test, you've seen this all over and it's like a broken record. Again, again, same prayer point in January, same prayer point in February, March, April, now again to December. The same resonating situation. Listen, it's time to pass the test and enter the rest. You will pass the test. Praise God. Hallelujah. We saw again that in Jesus discipling us, he will use uh, two aspects or two vehicles or through two, two instruments. Number one, he will train, he will teach. Just like I am doing now by the Spirit of the living God, Jesus trained his disciples from time to time. He will teach them, they will ask questions, there was training. It says, Come unto me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Praise God. And he began to say that his burden is easy. His yoke is light. Hallelujah. So, but he said, you learn of me. You learn of me. So part of discipleship is to commit to a lifetime of learning. You learn of me for I am meek. I'm humble, I'm lowly, and then you shall find rest and take rest to your souls. It begins with learning of him. So there's training. Train a child in the way he ought to go. When he will go, when he grow up, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22 verse 6. But also, there is what is called the master class of life experience. In everyday life. Like Pastor Charles Ikutimiso greatly brought that perspective that discipleship is done not particularly in church per se, it's part of it, but it's done in the everyday life circumstances. When you do life, when you do life, how you relate to the people around you, the person serving you, uh, the subordinate in the office, your superior in the office, your parents, your uncle, your auntie, how you relate, it's all part of discipleship. It's when you're doing life that largely is where you cut your feet or your teeth in the area of discipleship. Now, when we speak of attitudes, remember we saw in First Peter that we'll have this attitude of this mind that Christ has. I want to share with you what mind it is. The the disciples of old or the early church, they responded to trials or to adversity in four particular ways. Please listen, write down. They responded to challenging moments, adversities or difficulties in four different ways. Number one, there were those who were identified to be fatalist fatalist a fatalist is simply a person
who believes whatever will happen will happen and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. So all you need to do is to ignore it and live with it. The people of the other faith uh, will tell you this is the doing of their God. And what they simply mean is that is fate. F-A-T-E. That means there's nothing you can do about it. Hey, live with it. So they're fatalist. Number two, response to difficult moment is what is called stoic or people call stoic. S-T-O-I-C. Stoic. And stoics simply believe that okay, a tough time has come. What do I do? Let me harden myself. As we say in Nigerian English, let me chest it. Let me just bulldoze through it. It's a tough time. I can't change it. It's adversity. Let me just go through it. Let me suffer it. Stoic. The third attitude is the attitudes of the Epicurean. E-P-I-C-U-R-I-A-N. Epicurean. So the fatalist, the stoic, and the epicurean. The epicurean on their own are quite interesting people. They say, okay, I'm going through adversity. It is difficult. So rather than suffer through it, let me try to numb myself to the difficulty. Let me try to create some kind of uh, uh, pleasure out of it or sensual pleasure. That's what leads people to drinking. You, you know, many who drink, they're not really drinking because uh, that's what they want to do. In their mind, I'm drinking away my sorrow. Praise God. I'm trying to drown something. <laughs> Somebody's laughing. You feel me, sir? You know, it's not just loving drinking. I'm trying to kill, suppress something. You know, you guys, some of you feel me? You've been on that side before? And you cross over here? You see guys just, Yeah, man, what's up? Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy is feeling cool. No, he's trying to kill a voice. <laughs> Somebody's laughing. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But those are the Epicureans. Praise God. But the mature disciple, which is what we are striving to be, in this case, understands that tough times come Tough times don't last. And our attitude is to embrace it with an attitude of joy, katosa, that we are going through it for a reason. And that reason is for a season. And that season, listen carefully, is designed by God to leave us somewhere better than before the season. Alright, let me help you out. Uh, rewind. You've been through a difficult moments in some areas of your life. At the moment you were going through those tough times, you thought, man, is there life here and after? But somehow or the other, you love God through it. You prayed through it. You believe God through it. Then when you came through it, and you look back, 
there was a pat on your shoulder by God that commended you my son I'm glad you were tested but you did not fall I'm glad you were offered this and offered that but refused and denied you know that kind of pat on your back you could have patted your legs for a house rent but you know you did the right thing you closed your legs you could have falsified figures on the account or in the contract but you did the right thing and uh, you thank God so you came through that and you had a pat in your back but beyond the pat in your back you had a commendation that now you've come through this for me I am going to bless you just like Abraham in Genesis 22 when he gladly by the word of God took Isaac to the Mount Moriah to offer Isaac and by verse 17 into the second chapter of Genesis God said I swear I swear a blessing over you says that in blessing I will bless you. Verse 16 says and said by myself have I sworn said the Lord for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son thine only son 17 listen carefully 17 that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gates of thy enemies there's something called a sworn blessing a sworn blessing is not given you when you're in the kindergarten class David you know what I mean you've been through quite a few things knocked here and there pushed here and there, harassed here and there, terrorized here and there, frenzied here and there. But guess what? You're still standing. Somehow you caught all the enemy through at you, but you're still standing. I believe for somebody under the sound of my voice, you are getting ready to hear a sworn blessing. That in blessing, God will bless you before the year is over. But guess what? I smell 2021 around the corner and the things that God has begun to put in my spirit already ah yeah 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 let me drop something in the atmosphere think about wonders 2021 you are coming into a season of wonders you thought you saw revival this year you thought you saw glory this year I tell you you are about to see the wonders of God upon the face of the earth like never before. He said, you and my children, you shall be for signs and for wonders. I will do wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth, blood, fire, and smoke. Somebody said, wonders. Wonders. <laughs> So the mature disciple knows how to go through tough times, but with the right attitude. Very important. I want to get to the meat of today's chapter 5. That is what? The conditions and the cost of discipleship. Yeah. Beloved, you've been challenged and encouraged and motivated and inspired, but the truth be told is that there is a heavy price tag on being a disciple. It will only cost you some things that are valuable. It will cost you and I our all. Not just that, 
is a long-term call, not just a long-term call, it's a lifetime call. I've said many things at the same time. It's a lifetime call. It will cost you not some things, it will cost you all. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see the calling of Jesus, of his disciples. When he called them, you see this phrase or this phraseology, and they left all and followed Jesus. Simon will leave his fishing business. James and John, the sons of Buanages, sons of thunder, will leave their father and follow Jesus. The demand and the cost and the price tag for the kingdom and for discipleship is to leave all and to follow him. Bible declares in Luke 9, 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand upon the plow and looks back, is worthy, worthy of the kingdom. We will not look back. We will not look back. Adversity notwithstanding. Hey, Kataba. Trouble, test, difficulty notwithstanding. We will not look back. We've come too far to quit. There's too much at stake. You know, how can you throw away all the investment of five years of being a believer, 10 years, 15, 20, 30 or something, just throw it away in a one-night stand, two-minute rush, signing one document to buy a house, a car, all of that investment of eternity, just bzz, it's not worth it. So the Bible says, in Job 14, 14, I believe that I will wait all the days of my hard service until what? My change comes. I want to encourage somebody this morning. I just want to encourage you. I don't know what you've been through in 10 months and perhaps 8 days, but please don't throw it away. Wait. Wait. This is a turning point moment. The 11th month is the 11th hour. Wait. Don't let your pain of 10 months and 8 days be wasted. Surely that could have been, should have been, may have been, I believe is down payment for the kind of glory that is around the corner. Somebody shout, I am waiting. I am waiting. I'm not wasting. I am waiting. Waiting for my miracle. Waiting for my breakthrough. Waiting for the good news coming from Germany, from Frankfurt, from Tokyo, from Ghana. I am waiting. I am waiting for that SMS, that Telefax, that Telegram, that WhatsApp message, Facebook message. I am waiting because he said he will show up. I believe he's around the corner. Somebody said, I will wait. Wait. It pays to wait. Husband in the making, it pays to wait. Wives in waiting, it pays to wait. Hallelujah. So, all is the demand for discipleship. It is the same thing for both the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, that God would demand all. Abraham was asked to leave all he knew his father, mother, his kindred, his household to do what? To follow. To follow. 
to follow where he had never been before. He left all. It took Moses to follow. He left the possibility of being and remaining the son of Pharaoh to suffering with the children of Israel because of the glory ahead. He left all. Joshua followed Moses with his all. Elijah followed Elijah with his all. Go through scriptures. Ruth followed Naomi with her all. The co-wife, Ophrah, kissed Naomi, but Ruth hugged Naomi and said, your God will be my God. Where you go, I go. Where you die, I die. Where you're buried, I'll be buried. That is going all the way. When Elijah was called and the mantle was thrown over Elijah, he said, wait a minute, this call demands my all. He had 12 oxen in 1 Kings 19. He slew the 12 oxen and, and turned from that and said, he left that and followed Elijah for the rest of his days. It demands your all. You want a mantle upon a particular man of God, word of God, it takes your all. There'll be times that it will look as though uh, you're being discouraged. What's the point following up? Does this man really want me to have what is on his life? But guess what? It's all part of the test. Elijah said to Elijah, if you see what I see, that means if you follow me to the point of my translation, that you can have the double. Hey, hey let what he's doing me do you, Elijah. You got the double. But people don't follow with their all. They follow half-heartedly. They follow a man half-heartedly or a man of God. They follow a mission half-heartedly. I pray, beloved, that God who has joined you to this apostolic commission, that you will receive the grace this hour to give your all to follow it. For those who began to follow months and years ago, our lives collectively have been changed and transformed. What? We know it's no game. It's no tra tricks, no gimmick. This is for real. Lives have been changed. Just follow him. You can't be on the chariot or in the flight going somewhere and not arrive there at the same time. I don't care what seat you sit. First class, zero class, no class, economy, bicomy, whatever it is. As long as you're on board the flight, you are going to arrive when the plane arrives. Somebody said, I'm in a good flight. You heard that daughter of mine all the way from Canada. Chateau Peke, first day of the month, no job. Last day of the month, you turn down a job. Where? In Canada. My God, this is not stories, it's real. What? She's on board the same flight called GPPA, same meal you're eating. Hey, hey, but give your heart with your all. Ah. <sighs> Esther said, pray for me. I'm going to Mordecai, to Ahasuerus, the king. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. Those who say they perish, they perish, they don't perish. They don't perish. That's a mystery. You know why? Those who save their lives will ultimately lose their lives. Your life is not your life. 
Your life is not yours. It belongs to Jesus. Trust him. To take care of your life. John 12, 24. Except a corn of wheat fall to the ground. It abideth alone. But if it's allowed to fall to the ground and die. And die. Die to self. Do you know who I am? Die to me, myself, and I syndrome. Your, your life will not amount to much if your life is all about you. But your life will amount to so much if you determine to make your life a seed. Make your life a seed. Giving is living. Be intent that your life will touch mankind and humanity positively. Thank God for duration of life. We believe in longevity. Said it will satisfy you with long life. But beyond longevity is about your donation and your impact to lives. What will you be remembered for? What will be written in your epitaph? Born this day, die this day with a dash. Make your life a seed. How much can we wear? How much can we eat? How much can we drink? How much can we drive? Except its condition, a corn of wheat fall down and die. It abides alone. But if it succeeds to dying, it's going to rise up to bear much fruit. Condition of discipleship and being a disciple is your all. Hallelujah. I read two scriptures and then we'll leave it there and we'll take it from that point. Please turn quickly to Luke 14. Luke 14. Just to buttress this. We'll trust the Lord to carry on from there. Luke 14, 25 to 27. Ah. And there went great multitudes with him. Somebody say great multitudes. And he turned and said unto them, Okay, the ministry of Jesus was different from the ministry of many modern day preachers. What do I mean? Because you ask, I'll tell you. The present day modern day preacher is very crowd motivated. Love crowds. Love crowds. Uh, and dangerously enough, God forbid, if you preach to the crowd, to the gallery, it will change your message from being his message to another message. Which means the tendency to grow the crowd and to keep the crowd will be to preach to the crowd what they want to hear. Hello, somebody? All right. That pass over your head. You'll catch it next year, maybe. But here, Jesus here now, he had a crowd... And what I would have done as a young preacher, at least before, would be to preach in a way to at the very least maintain the crowd that were there or to grow the crowd. But here, the kind of gospel he brought to the crowd. Listen carefully. That's the point I'm making. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned. 
and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother yeah, and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is very hard. It's hard me to. It looked like Jesus used sound doctrine. Listen carefully. To severe, or if you like, to separate between the sheep and the goat, but also the sheep and the sheep. Some of you have said, what is he saying? You may get this next year, but I'm just throwing it at you, right? He had a crowd. And rather than preaching something very mild and very soft, oh, I'm here to bless you, to change your life, to heal you forever, which is, is the gospel, right? He said, you want to stay with me? Okay. You have to hit your mama and papa. I said, what? Man, Jesus. What did he say? You hit you? You have to hit yourself. I said, what? You know, there's one time he preached. <laughs> I mean, he's laughing. He, he said, I'm paraphrasing that John six, just paraphrasing. He said, he said, guys, you want to be with me? Ah, you have to drink my blood. You have to eat my flesh. Eh? You be my bad. Eh? Jesus. Hey, hey, who? Hey, who's here? Don't say it again. You have to drink my blood. You have to eat my flesh. Guess what? Many left him. Eh? Sir? Many. Abosso. Thank you, Tony. In-law. Abosso. They ran. Sorry for those who are. All of you in America. Abosso in Igbo is to run. That means they ran from Jesus because of his doctrine. The point I'm making is this. The word of God when it's preached will severe you. It will set your intents, your motives to sift it. But he's saying, the demand to be my disciple, and I wish I had time, but let me throw that at you because I had that issue when I was a young Christian. He said, he said I should hate my mother and my father. That's not literal. And I give you Bible. He said that we're to love one another as he loves us, Right? By so doing, shall all men know we're disciples. So he gave us a commandment to love all. So he couldn't be saying hate. No. What he was saying there is, your love for your father, your mother, your wife, your children, and yourself, compared to your love for me, should be at the best hatred. So that was a comparative analysis. Is that all right? Is that okay? Praise God. Suffice to know the condition to be a disciple is to go all the way. With your heads bowed where you are, can you for just one minute ask and receive grace to go all the way? Grace to go all the way for those who are logged on across the nations. Let's ask the Lord for grace. The Bible declares it's not by power, by mind. By my spirit, says the Lord. That grace is available this day. You're here. 
you are not born again. You haven't taken the first step to even begin the journey of growth. You're saying this morning, man of God, pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to, to, to play with my life. I want to turn my life into the hand of this Jesus who died for me. Wherever you are, just lift your right hand up so the ashes will see you. So we can pray with you together. Say, man of God, pray with me. Pray with me. That's simple. Wherever you are, just wave your right hand till an usher gets to you. Or out there, that's hand. God bless you. Ushers, put cards in that hand. God bless you. Wherever you are, wave those hands. Wave those hands. And put your other hand on your chest as we pray together. Let's pray quickly. Pray from your heart. Heavenly Father, we're praying check let's join them heavenly father in the name of jesus i come to you just as i am i open the door of my heart as i welcome you to be my lord and my savior forgive me all of my sins from today i turn over my entire life into your hands to be my lord and my savior i decree and declare that jesus is both my Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you for these ones who have responded to this altar call to surrender their life to you. We rejoice with the angels that rejoice concerning their salvation and deliverance. We ask that you keep preserving and protect them until your coming. We'll cover them with the blood of Jesus Christ. Any burden, yoke, guilt, condemnation over them, over their shoulders by the power that is in the blood is destroyed and broken completely in Jesus' name. He and she who will be liberated is made free indeed. We thank you. We give you alone the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.